Welcome to Life and Liminality, a conversation about thriving in the threshold. That place in between what was and what's next, where ultimately all transformation is found. Thanks for joining us. It's Lori and Christina here again. We just wanted to take a moment to revisit some things that came up in our conversation with PC Walker. We had some great discussion and felt like we wanted to come back and highlight some of the posture of revision. We realized that some things came up that were fantastic and we just wanted to make sure that we dug in a little deeper into what we had talked about. And if this is something that you feel like you want to dig in, we just want to give you a chance to come with us and dig in deeper for yourself. So thanks for being with us today. As usual, we appreciate those who want to join us in this conversation and really take some time to use what is going on in your life to turn your heart towards something that is so beneficial to us in the long run. So I wanted to ask you, Lori, what is the posture of of revision and what are we really talking about when we are going to look at that posture? Yeah, so revision is that posture where, where we identify that clearly we've been removed from these structures that formerly defined us. And we're given this opportunity to examine, re-examine maybe, and our identity, our beliefs, um, our definitions about life and self and meaning and God. And like when we are operating in the center of society, by definition, we're staying true to structures that have been built to define us. Those structures then in turn, they create some of these safe operating rules. But when we find ourselves in anti-structure, that's where we can really dig into what are the beliefs that we're basing all of our behaviors on? What, what is the identity that we've wrapped ourselves around? And then what are the attachments that we've had that prop us up? Because once those are gone, we have a chance to really look at that, all completely deconstructed in front of us, and decide what's valid and relevant for moving forward in the future. What is maybe God trying to um, remove from us? And that comes with a very specific posture of saying, I'm ready now to be revised, to look at the things that I thought I knew and ask myself again, what do I know that I know? And what do I know that I don't know? And maybe start moving towards some of those questions. So to give us some better examples, what can we look at um, in the Bible as some examples of this posture of revision? Yeah, I, I love that. Let's go back to the scriptures because there is a lot of evidence of this being the place that God wants people when he's about to prepare them for something next. If he's done this in the scriptures with significant movements of his people, then what makes us think that we're exempt from it? We're not. This is important for us. If it was important for him as he positioned his people, I just when remembering back to something PC said where pulled back as that arrow where intention of waiting for God to position the bow to be launched forward. That's where I feel like we can see the examples in the scriptures of people, groups, or individuals that God was positioning to launch forward. So, okay, so the first one that comes to mind are the Israelites in the wilderness. Clearly, they had left behind their structures um, in Egypt even though they were in slavery, they at least understood their role, their position, um, and the things that propped them up and how to operate. 
in the wilderness after they left Egypt by this miraculous salvation experience, they had to redefine all their structures. They had nothing that defined them. In that, though, was the important time frame where God had to help them be detached from their identity as slaves and be re-identified as the people of God who were called out and given a specific mission for the world. This was a high calling that he had to, he had to eliminate a very low view of themselves and raise the view of themselves so that they were prepared to be victorious in the next phase of their journey as a people. So they had to deconstruct everything. Their, their family lives, their organization of their entire community, their worship, everything got redefined in the wilderness. Another one is um, the Jews when they are taken to Babylon in the exile. Um, this is where there's so much to be learned from the way that those people that once they had taken over the promised land and they established themselves there, they had been redefined in the wilderness and they, they eventually built their temple. They eventually established kingship and this sense of community and rulership. When they're in Babylon, all that's gone. Everything about their definition of themselves and their community was gone, including their, their place of worship and their understanding of how God met them in worship. God was centered in the temple when they were living um, within proximity of Jerusalem. When they're in Babylon, how does God meet them there? It's not in the temple anymore. This is where suddenly we start to see the rise of household piety, of them finding life and community and worship in a whole completely deconstructed setting. It's pretty interesting, the parallels with What's happening now? We, we are in a form of exile from our maybe our local worship community, and we're having to figure out how to reestablish worship in our homes. And it's radically different. Well, maybe not even radically different. It's, it's pretty different, not as radical as it was for the exiles. But what's fascinating then, when they re-enter the land, that when they're allowed to go back to Jerusalem, suddenly we see the rise of the synagogue. No longer are they dependent on the temple. They've discovered something new, a new way of worship, because they allowed themselves to be deconstructed and revised, and then they took yeah. that into their next phase. I mean, we've got more. We've got David, who's deconstructed in the wilderness and totally prepared then for his kingship later. Everything that he learns in the wilderness is revising his heart for God, his sense of justice his ideas of himself and his dependence on God. I mean, really, if he didn't learn it there, he was never going to learn it, but he learned it. And then for the rest of his life was reminded that he was completely dependent on God's direction for him. I mean, we can keep on going, but let's start with those three because they're worth digging into. If you want to um, discover examples of people who were deconstructed, revised, and then launched into a next phase with a whole new sense of themselves and God and life and purpose. So meaningful. And I love that we can parallel some of that with what we go through on a daily basis and what we're in right now. Humanly, we want to somewhat know what's in it for us, right? So what happens during this little time and what get, gets deconstructed is ultimately for our good. And we, we want that and we know that we do. So what are some of the benefits of 
allowing ourselves revision of this structure and things that define us as there's so many benefits but they aren't ones that we would necessarily expect so often like you said we want to say what's in it for me um, this is good. I'm going to learn some things. I'm going to become a better person in the different roles that I play. I'm going to have a stronger character. I'm going to learn perseverance. Uh, yes, true. We're, we're going to have a stronger sense of what we believe and who we are. There's some also benefits that we might not think of that are actually have very little to do with us. They're actually yeah. more about how God's positioning us to be people of impact um, because of our times of vision. For example, when we find ourselves marginalized and separated from any sense of, of knowing our place in our community, we can at that point find compassion and solidarity with other people who are marginalized. I mean, I can tell you because of my own work that I've done in my liminal space, when I see somebody walking through a liminal time, I have a deeper understanding of what they're going through, even if the reason they're there is completely different. And we can have a conversation about the work that we're doing in our completely different circumstances because I've experienced that same marginalization and I can understand what they're going through. Another one is that boy, this really unmasks a lot of our prejudices, our preconceptions, our predispositions to certain things that we think we need or certain ways of operating, it just completely unmasks them is the best word that I can think of. We find out maybe some of our sense of privilege or, or the rights that we feel like we had or like a lot of our belief systems about what we expect. If we work hard and we do the right thing, good things are going to happen and God's going to come through. And Maybe that's being deconstructed in this time where we've lived right. We've done it, uh, our best. We've followed God. And here we are in the middle of a dark time. What do we do with that? Here's where we, we revise our belief systems about the work that God does and how he does it. We release our attachments that we have to things. We understand how we've depended on our own constructions or our or the cultural ideals the ways that we are pursuing um, very cultural and very worldly expectations we we learn to be detached from those when they are taken away from us i think that's a question that well, we've talked about before you can't really learn that until you are in the middle of it. It is an essential truth that you have to walk through if you're going to really learn it for yourself. You have to be detached from it in order to understand how to completely depend and trust on the work and meaning of God. When we're open to new things when we're revised, when we allow this revision to happen, we might have our eyes open to pathways that we never would have considered had we not allowed revision to take place in the middle of a liminal time. We would have just kept plodding on in the same way and never knowing that there was so much out there that we never imagined. I want to tell a story that it just keeps coming to mind for me of a time when I took some kids hiking. It was a place that I went to quite a lot in North Carolina and I could predict every time I took a group up there what would happen and it was it was the perfect scenario for teaching this lesson we would get to the top of this you know pretty long hike that was deep in the woods and it would open up right at the top you felt like you were getting close to the summit anyway and at the top the pathways went two different ways to the right went through some kind of still deeper woods it was sort of a narrow kind of footpath like almost looked like a little deer trail to the left went this wider 
open space and everybody would naturally think, oh, go to the left. That's where everybody else goes. Let's follow that way. It made sense. They would get there and of course it was a beautiful view, but it was a partial view. And they could only see out one direction into this gorge, but they'd been hiking. They, they, this is what they expected was to get to the top and see this view. So I would get up there. I was usually walking in the back, hiking with the slow people or just because I'm a slower hiker. I'd finally catch up and say, hey, come this way. I have something else to show you. You know, the majority of the time the reaction was, I don't want to go any further. I've found what I want. We've gotten to the top. Can't we just enjoy this view? I would just have to say, listen, trust me, I have something else to show you. There would be some that resisted and I would say, you can stay here if you'd like, but if you're willing to trust me, I want you to follow me over this direction. And so the ones that did, we walked through the, the bushes, through these little cattails a little more. And on the other side, the view opened up to a 360 view on these amazing jutting rocks. It was one of the most gorgeous views I've ever stood at. Their minds would be blown. Like, I can't believe I almost didn't come this direction. I, that reminds me of what it's like sometimes when we resist revision, we think that we've got what we want and we just don't want to go any further. This is good enough. Revision strips us of that and gives us the opportunity to say, okay, I've got nothing else. I might as well follow you to something that could be the most incredible view that we could never have imagined. That's so powerful. That's such a powerful example to uh, one, trusting that there's, that you know that there's something better on the other side. I love it. So there's one other, um, I guess you'd call it a benefit that I want to mention because uh, I think as we see this as a benefit, it may give us um, some motivation to look for it. Um, and that is that we find that we um, are given some creative space for being able to speak to the structures that we've left. This is where we find out from the margins, we can look at the things that you know we were formerly deeply embedded in and say, you know what? There's something that's just not right about that. And this is where we can sometimes bring change to things that we were formerly a part of and wouldn't have been able to see them for what they were until we left them. This so often happens with people who leave jobs. They leave a job and then as they look at it, they say, wow, there was some deep dysfunction going on that I would never have seen until I left it and had a view of something else. And suddenly I'm seeing this creative way to potentially speak back to that and help bring change. Even if you re-enter sort of that same field later on, your time in the margins will give you a creative space to potentially bring prophetic change and a new action in that uh, in that arena, whatever that is. This happens a lot to college students who leave home, go away to college, get asked all the hard questions about themselves. They find out that these things they thought were normal are actually not normal or they're not right. healthy. They might, yeah. have, they might be normal for a lot of people, but they realize that's just not healthy. And then they can come back and, and re-engage with their family in a new way potentially bring some healing and health and change. Like if we could see these spaces and allow ourselves to be revised, we have the potential to bring significant change to the structures that we've left. Okay, so we've given a lot of examples of, of why, of what, 
this is good, but there's still a lot of work that each of us as individuals have to do because everybody's story is different and everybody's revision is different. What's happening even to each of us as we're quarantined and we are seeing some things for what they are, um, maybe within our own families, maybe within our church structures that we might've been a part of or other community involvement that we've now had to, to live without. Maybe we're saying, wow, I don't want to go back to that in the same way. How do we look at those things? We need to have some solid questions to ask. And so I'm going to have Christina read for you some simple questions that if you'll take the time to write these questions down and throughout the next week or a couple of weeks, maybe get some space in your life to process these questions. And maybe you're a verbal processor and you need to have someone else ask you these questions. And just do that. Just hand them the question and say, ask me this and force you to answer that question to them out loud and hear it for yourself. Christina, give us some of those questions that will help walk us through our own revision. What is being questioned or deconstructed in your beliefs about life, death, and meaning? What is being challenged in your identity? Which of your hopes, dreams, and expectations about your life are having to be reevaluated? How is your sense of stability being taken apart? And how can these old systems that you have known be released and reimagined in a new life? They're not easy to answer, that's for sure. Being able to reevaluate and revise some of the, that structure and framework that we've built up that we've become comfortable in that as it has become deconstructed and we're looking at the demolished pieces of it that we can really take an honest look at what are some of those things and what do we want to do with them and what can we do with things that are being taken apart and what we know of ourselves to be true. Yeah, I like that picture. It, it, it does feel like we've been demolished in a lot of ways. I, I know that feeling. It's a good, it's a good word for it when you in, in a liminal time and you feel like everything's been taken apart. But the hope is that as we look at those things carefully, unafraid to ask the hard questions about them, um, that we will find the right sources to go to to help us reconstruct those in positive, helpful ways for moving into the next phase, because that's where this all goes. The whole reason why revision is a valuable posture is because it is what gets us prepared and ready and situated and directed towards whatever God's moving us into. And if we'll participate with it fully, we might not even know what that is, but if we'll participate in the revision, then clarity will come through that and through some of the other postures that we take that will open up the doors for that next phase, the next season, whatever we're moving into, where we go back into structure. But if we just jump back into structure and hurry through it, and don't take the time um, to really process these questions of revision, then we will potentially miss huge benefits for us and for the people that we're led to impact. Um, if we haven't done the work here, then um, we're not going to be prepared to fully embrace what we're called to next. Um, so take the time, talk to somebody else about it if you need to, process it well, because revision, it, it can be the most rewarding thing about liminal space. All of these postures are hard, all of them have benefits, but this posture of revision, you feel, I, I know for me, it felt like finally we're getting somewhere. Finally, I'm seeing 
what's actually happening and why I'm here because my identity is becoming something new. My, I'm finding answers to questions I didn't even know I was supposed to ask. And I'm really seeing now a vision for what could be. Thank you for participating in this with us. We know this is hard, but it can be, uh, it can give so much life as well. Find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, email us at lifeinliminalspace at gmail.com because we're really interested in hearing from you. We, again, want to create this as a conversation, um, not just between Lori and I, but between anyone who might be in a similar space. So thanks again. And until next time. Mm -hmm.